The following program is a presentation of the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. RTBS programming is intended solely for individuals who cannot read conventional print due to a disability. Ineligible listeners risk infringing on copyright law, and RTBS is not responsible for any violations that may occur. It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, hi, Ryan. Good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. Today, we have Joe Giles, Executive Director of Women's Fund of Omaha, in the studio. Joe, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much, Cami, for allowing us and inviting us to be here. We are so thrilled Absolutely. to have this conversation. Absolutely. Now, I want to hear all things women's funds, but I, I also probably should admit to our listeners that you and I are very good friends. We are. Very good friends. But I know your history, but they don't. So you've had quite the interesting path of jobs and things you've done yes, to get yes. to where you are now. Can you give us kind of a nutshell overview of how you got to where you are now? Sure. I'd be happy to. I have lived in Omaha for 18 years now. It's the longest place I've ever lived in my entire life, and I love it. I moved here with my husband all those years ago to take a job at Fox 42 News. So I was a reporter and a weekend anchor there. I started my career in journalism way back as a middle schooler where I had an English assignment uh-huh. to pick a career that you thought you might want to engage in and go visit, mm-hmm. shadow for the day, and write a report. So I adored journalists, and that was my dream as a young person. And I went to a local news station, spent the day there. I loved it. They let me stay for the evening news. <laughs> like wow. They couldn't kick me out. I was just, <laughs> you know, got the news bug really early. Um, and then that led me to college. I grew up in South Georgia and Florida, so this was in Jacksonville at the time. Okay. And then I went to college in St. Louis at Washington University, nice. where I met my husband, oh. Greg, yes, <laughs> who was from California. California. So I'm from Florida. He's from California. We meet in the middle of the country. <laughs> we get married, um, which ended up being the coldest week of the year. We oh. chose January um, because we were... Because you didn't know, right? I didn't know. <laughs> right. We're from Florida and California. How would we know that was right. the... That was the coldest week of the year. Whoops. Um, So we got married in St. Louis and brought our families also to St. Louis in January. And they were not happy. um, Loving, you know, all of us, but not happy about the weather. So we got married and then I went to, I was in graduate school at Mm -hmm. University of Missouri, Columbia, where I got my master's in journalism. Then I set off to be a television journalist and got a job in Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, and then I got a job in Omaha, and I've been here ever since. Yay, that's exciting. Yeah. So TV, you loved it. You did it. I did it. But then how did you get into the nonprofit world? Oh, yes. So as many journalists do, we start and we do the work. We love it. And then oftentimes we decide to go to public relations. Mm-hmm. So I made the switch to public relations. I worked at University of Nebraska Medical Center, had a fabulous time there, learned an incredible amount. Um, also about our community, and it is a nonprofit as a state institution. Ah, that's right. So that was part of the the step. But for me personally, I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed community work, um, the ability to meet people, 
to lend whatever interests, passions, gifts you may have mm-hmm. to help others. And service is, is a big part of who I am. So I enjoyed working at the med center and then I worked in communications. Mm-hmm. Um, and our clients at M Space Lovegren were nonprofits. Ah, so here was okay. an opportunity to work for a for profit, and yet our clients were nonprofits. So finding ways to raise awareness about the issues that impact organizations and community. And then I had an opportunity to work for Open Sky Policy Institute. That's right. And so that is also a nonprofit, and we looked at state policy, budget, education, taxes, and then worked at the Coalition for a Strong Nebraska, where Cammie and I met and became coworkers and colleagues um, looking at policy issues. And so then that sort of led me to the Women's Fund. The Women's Fund was part of our coalition of of nonprofits that we worked on anti-poverty issues. And they needed a new executive director, and I applied, and I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to work alongside amazing people doing work that is so important for our community and state. It has been so exciting to watch you on this journey. Now, yes, you're my friend, but it's just been so exciting, and I'm just so proud of you, Joe. Oh, thank you. now we get to the Women's Fund, so I want to know everything that you do, everything. I know we only have, like, what, 26 minutes? Right. Let's hear about the Women's Fund. First first things first, mission statement. Yes. Well, the Women's Fund has been around for more than 30 years. Wow. And, yes, it was established by a group of Omaha women who were traveling to other states and noticed that other states had women's funds that were looking at issues related to women. And 30 years ago, some of those issues were domestic violence, child care, Mm -hmm. um, supporting women who are working, and looking at – How are women achieving in our community? Where there were glass ceilings? Mm -hmm. Where were there areas where women were in the workforce but are not able to get to higher levels of workforce? And service on boards and and looking at the research. So the Women's Fund really starts with, even today, we look at issues that are impacting women and girls. So Mm -hmm. we, we start with research and data. Um, And then we pull together community partners who are doing that work. And those end up being our grantees. So we're helping those nonprofits work together, collaborate to solve some of the issues that are research-backed. And then we also engage in advocacy. Right. So this is the piece that is so needed because if we're wanting to change systems in our community, Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a policy solution to that. Yes. Yes, there is. Yes. And I know how much you love advocacy. I do. You really do. And that's why when you got this job, I was like, she's perfect. (laughs) So tell me some of the things you're working on right now. Oh, so we are working on a couple of bills. So okay. every every year, the Women's Fund looks at some issues that are impacting our grantees. Sure. And particularly what we've been doing is looking at our Freedom from Violence Initiative, which is around gender-based oppression. Mm-hmm. And some of our values include collaboration. They include community voice. So we're really listening to people who are impacted by issues and then letting them bring us those issues. Oh. And then we pull together coalitions to support them and then bring forward those policy ideas to make a difference. Love it. So I'll give you a couple examples of the ones that we've introduced this session. Okay. So one of them is LB 1009, and it was introduced by Senator Brandt. And this bill was about domestic violence, abuse, 
death review team. Hmm. So there were some families who their loved one experienced domestic abuse and violence Mm -hmm. at some point in that person's life and was a part of the reason that they were killed. Oy, that's heavy. So those right. So those families are looking for some closure. They're looking for some resolution, and more importantly, they they don't want any other family to have to experience what they've experienced. Right. And they want their loved one's life to to mean something. Yeah. Even in death. Absolutely. So Nebraska is one of nine states mm-hmm. that does not have a domestic violence review team. We have them for children for when there's a child death. We have it if there's a maternal death. Um, We do not currently have one for domestic violence. Wow. So listening to our community members Mm -hmm. and our grantees, we pull together a collaboration. We work with the Attorney General's office, other nonprofits. Senator Brandt's office has been fantastic. Um, And just this week, Mm -hmm. um, we amended... Uh, Senator Brandt introduced an amendment to a bill that Senator DeBoer was working on that would have a child um, and maternal death review around stillbirths, so adding stillbirths to um, the opportunity to to review those deaths. Sure. Um, And so Senator DeBoer was wonderful to to work with and to offer Senator Brandt a vehicle to add his amendment to her bill that was moving. Um, So hopefully we'll get that passed this Mm. session. So that's just one one example of one of the bills that we've worked on. That's amazing and heavy, but yet I feel hopeful. Yeah, But I feel hopeful with all of you behind the helm and Bauer and Brandt working together. It it gives me goosebumps. And I can't believe we're one out of nine states. One out of nine states. But that will change, hopefully, if we can get this through in the next couple weeks, yes. the final reading. Um, I'll share another one that we're excited about this session, also, also in our gender-based oppression area. And it was it's called Survivor Anonymity. Okay. And it's uh, LB 1241. Okay. And we worked with Senator Pansing Brooks mm-hmm. to introduce the bill. And she worked with Senator Slama. Yes. What? Yes, Senator Slama. <laughs> wow. Um, a, you know, a conservative senator, yeah. and we don't always agree, but one thing that's great about the, the Nebraska unicameral is we have the independence right. of really thinking about what are the policy issues that are important to all Nebraskans. Senator Slama was fantastic. She was able to pull in some of her other female conservative senators. We had five co-sponsors of this bill. Wow. Had a fantastic hearing. Um, Senator Slama worked with the Speaker Hilgers to put it on the Speaker's priority list. <laughs> Do you see me fainting? I know, I know. Like, I, this, this was just a magical bill um, wow. that moved. So for both first and second rounds passed 41 to, um, you know, nothing really. Fantastic. <laughs> so I'll tell you what this bill does. Okay. Um, so this is survivor anonym- anonymity. Mm-hmm. And again, what we found listening to survivors is once, once they get up the courage and um, the resolve to file an incident report mm-hmm. based upon their abuse, that incident report lists their contact information oh. at law enforcement agencies. And you remember right. as a journalist, and I did this as well, mm-hmm. and, and other colleagues you go to the, your local law enforcement agency, you look through incident reports, you're yep. looking for murders or car accidents or familiar names. And so often that information is listed mm-hmm. by survivors. So there's a couple of issues. There's fear of retaliation from your abuser that you've reported 
an incident, um, there's a possibility that you'll be contacted by a media member and you're still at the point of dealing with your trauma. Right. And you may not have had an opportunity to talk to an investigator at law enforcement or a community advocate that could be helpful in helping you reestablish your life. Sure. So, um, so this bill, if it passes, so we're close, we're on the second round of three, um, it would provide anonymity in that period of time once a survivor makes a report until law enforcement determines that there needs to be a charge. Wow. So that period of time just gives them a little bit of breathing room to get settled, to get established, to make the contacts that they need, and gives them that privacy at a really sensitive time. That's amazing. Yeah. I just feel like some of these things, like why are they, why have we never dealt with them? But <laughs> I've always said that, right? So anyways, I'm really, really glad that yes. you are all working on this. And the fact that Slama and everybody got together, that makes me feel hopeful for the future, Joe. Right. I, I mean, mean, it really it's, does. It's great to see some of that bipartisan work. And right. that's what's needed. More <laughs> more in our state, more in our, our nation. Um, people working together for what's best for all. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that Women's Fund is so much more than advocacy, though. I mean, you do so much. So what are the other pieces that you do to help community members? Oh, so we also have our adolescent health initiatives. So we've been very busy in in that realm as well. It's access granted. So we provide sexual health literacy information. We work with grantees to, again, Um, give them training around best practices, help them work together. Mm -hmm. Um, We want young people to have access to the information they need to determine if they want to have a family, at what age they want to have a family, um, you know, what type of birth control methods and options might be available and the right method for that young person. Um, And we think it's important to be inclusive and serve all genders and people who are interested in having this information. So we've done a lot of work around comprehensive sex education. Wow, I bet. And that's important in our state. And we've also had to fight um, some efforts at at various state levels in terms of advocacy to ensure that young people have what they need. Wow, that's amazing. And again, just the work you're doing is just so much. I mean, how, I mean, well, obviously you have a great team. We, oh, they're amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, Some of the best people that I've had the opportunity to work with because even though, as you mentioned, this work is heavy, right? The topics are hard. Um, We work hard. We support each other. We are able to show up as our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a lot of policies at the Women's Fund to ensure that, that all of us are able to take care of us in the ways that we need to. That's amazing. So we really try to walk the walk Mm -hmm. um, and be an example for other nonprofits and businesses about how you can support workers. Oh, I love that. You know, I love that. I'm all about the walk in the walk. Yes. the talk. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And one of our frustrations really has been, as we've all experienced this pandemic over two years, Mm -hmm. in Nebraska, we still don't require paid family and sick medical leave. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. I mean, how are we all surviving? How are we all surviving? (laughs) Right? Yes. And it's just frustrating um, to me that one in four workers in Nebraska do not have access to paid family Ooh, medical leave. That's cringy. That's like, whoa. Yeah, so Come this on, is, Nebraska. This is, a, this is an effort that we've been working on and, and fighting for, um, for for many years. And unfortunately, we're still not able to convince most of the business community that this is something that's important. That is outrageous. Even after COVID, you think that maybe a light bulb would have went on, but okay. You think. We'll keep fighting, right? We, that's all we can 
can do. We need everyone, yeah, everyone engaged <laughs> yes. you know, to continue fighting and, yeah. and make sure that we all have opportunities to reach our best lives. Amazing. Tell me about the tribute campaign. <gasps> yes, yes. We are so excited about our tribute campaign. Uh, this was a usual function of the Women's Fund. Okay. And uh, during COVID, we paused it, and, and now we've relaunched it during Women's History Month. Perfect. Perfect timing. It's an opportunity for everyone to honor or to remember, give a memorial to someone that's been a gender equity champion in your life. Ah. So, you know, we many Love people it. often think about their moms or their grandmoms or an auntie or um, a coworker or a friend, someone that has really been by your side and has yeah. championed you and supported you and advocated for all of those glass ceilings to come down yeah. in every single industry. So it's um, a wonderful opportunity to do that. So every $50 you can donate to the Women's Fund to help us continue all of this work, mm-hmm. you can honor or or have a memorial to somebody that you want to How to wonderful. Share. How long yeah. does this go on for? So this will be the the March. Okay. You know, we might extend a couple weeks okay. um, if people are still interested. But we we take all of the names and we put them in a beautiful digital tribute book. Ooh, I love so that. just in time for Mother's Day, Aww. we can um, send it to loved ones and honor the females and girls and gender equity champions in your life. Um, even before I was an employee at the Women's Fund, I participated in tribute yeah. because I just felt it was important to identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, as a black woman, and I decided to start honoring the women that had been my leaders, mm-hmm. my bosses. Right. And so every year I picked one or two. Oh, I love that. And I just started to say, you know what? I appreciate you. You know, it, it might not be my current boss because mm-hmm. that can be weird. You know, sure. <laughs> some people might think, like, yeah, like, I, <laughs> I need to raise boss. I need to raise boss. <laughs> I, um, so, I, so I started with my former bosses, and it was a wonderful surprise for them. Oh, I'm sure. To get, uh, we send. A, I should mention, we send a letter. Oh, so someone okay. doesn't know they're being honored, but we send them a letter to let them know that a person has um, has done a tribute in their honor or as a memorial gift. And so it was just a wonderful surprise for them to get that in the mail. Yeah. And go, oh, wow. I made an impact in that person's life. That is so cool. I'm making like this really long list and then I'm thinking about how much money I have in my checkbook. Right. I'm like, okay, maybe only one person. Right. But yes, that's wonderful. But one person, two people, you know, yeah. we'll continue doing our tributes every year. And so this is just a wonderful time as we think about Women's History Month. And yes. We think about all of the people who have worked before us yes. to tear down some of the policies and institutions that yep. um, have oppressed women. Yes. Will we ever make more than 82 cents on the dollar? That's probably a whole other conversation for another day. We have been working on gender equity at the <gasps> Women's Fund, Thank and you. That, is an, that is an issue. Actually, um, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it's around 2060-something the year 2060-ish yeah. in Nebraska okay. is when it will be equal between great. women and men. I'll be in my 90s. Keep, I'll be still keep working. Living. <laughs> so great. I look forward to that. <laughs> well, what's, what's really awful about that is 
not only the 82 cents, that's for white women. Ugh. It's even lower. You're right. It's even lower for women of color. Um, 62 cents on the dollar for African American women, 54 cents for Latinas, um, and then 53 ish, 52% for Asian Americans. Outrageous. It's just outrageous that this even exists still today. But thankfully, we have groups like you that are doing all the hard work to try to get through all of this muck, right? Right. Ugh. And, and people don't realize that. These are not just issues that impact women. Right. These are issues that impact a family. Well, sure. Because you're thinking about long-term, the economic ability of a woman to care for her family. Right. You know, if you have a two-spouse family, that's two incomes that you want to be at an equal right. Right. At, at, for you want equity to And if there. it's just a single mom trying to take care of her babies on, what, 82 cents a dollar if she's white if she's and white. less if she's not, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not working out so well, is it's it? It's not, no. Oh, that's outrageous. So right. let's talk about something happy. Yes. I mean, tribute is great. I'm tribute so down for great. that. Yes. Tell me about circles. I know uh, so many folks that have gone to that and they just rave. The women just cannot say enough good stuff about this. We love circles. So circles is a women in leadership program. Okay. And every year we launch a new cohort that starts in January. So this January of 2022 okay. started our 10th cohort. Wow. Really? Every cohort is three years. So oh. it's a three-year program. Okay. In your first year, you're learning about the Women's Fund. You're learning about each of our priority areas that we work on. Um, we're building an army of people who are supportive of our issues, um, but they also get to do a special project in their first year. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's determined by the group. Um, for example, this year, one of the groups decided to do advocacy, so they've been working on some of those freedom from violence bills I spoke about earlier. Okay. Um, writing postcards to senators, learning how to email and call senators, so that was part of their group project. Another group is working on boards, boards of directors of nonprofits, hmm. because many times... Um, People might be interested in looking at being on a nonprofit board right. as a leadership opportunity mm-hmm. um, to grow in their skill set and in their career development. But how do you get on a board? What do boards do? What type right. of boards are there? Hmm. How should you speak up? What questions should you ask? Mm-hmm. So that group is looking at how we can do some training for people who are maybe interested in being on nonprofit boards to start building that bench mm-hmm. and allowing women um, to have that those leadership opportunities. So first year you do a small group, okay. and then second and third year you're part of a leadership opportunity. So you can become a leader of the programming committee, let's say, okay. for the next class, or a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee, ah. or you could be part of the leadership structure. So it's building in a pipeline of opportunities I see. for people to get those experiences. What we noticed is that men typically have natural networks. Yep. They meet at the golf course. They go drinking, happy hour. Yep. Um, you know, there are natural networking opportunities for mm-hmm. men. Right. And so Circles is our opportunity ah. to create something just for women. I love so it. So that you're all together. You're building a cohort of mm-hmm. like-minded people um, who can go out and change the world in their individual capacities and as a group. That's amazing. So this is your 10th? Tenth cohort. That's yes. crazy. Like, I, I feel like I heard about it. Well, like five or six years ago. Yeah. Boy, time flies, doesn't it? Time flies, and COVID has changed our whole time. I'm sure. <laughs> right? right. So this kept going though through COVID. 
It did. It moved online. Good. It did. Good, it good. moved online. Um, you know, many people feel like class nine was the lost class because <laughs> they had so much virtual, <laughs> yeah. virtual space. Um, but we also have opportunity for alums. So it's wonderful to see alums be huh. part of the current class. Um, we have groups um, and activities for circles, members to get together. We do. We will have in August, uh-huh. I think August or September, um, an opportunity called Inner Circle. Okay. So if you're interested in circles, it's a low entry fee. It's like $25 for a ticket. And we okay. just have a mingling uh, opportunity where people can meet current circle members, some circle alums to learn more about their project and, and if they want to get engaged. But it's a very competitive process. Yeah. We, I believe that. We only um, typically have 30 spots for a cohort. We did, because of COVID, increase the class this year, so we have 45. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had over 100 applicants. Wow. So how yes. do you vet them? I mean, do you all sit down together and think, is it like a, a group? Do you all decide, like, well, this one's got the right thing? Or how do you decide? Well, we did something differently this year. Uh-huh. We had a selection process. So you filled out a little um, interest form, a Google form, okay. name, contact information, organization, uh, you know, a couple small questions about you. And then there were 10-minute interviews, Zoom interviews. Oh, okay. There's an interview committee that met with every single applicant. Wow, that's a lot. All 100. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, each person took like 10. So, uh-huh. right. Right. Um, so, and then there was this complicated matrix of scoring. And, sure. and then people moved on through rounds. But I'm really trying to be intentional about finding um, just the right group of people that would mix um, and share skill sets and grow. Wow. And I there, had no idea. It was this popular. It is. Oh. It, and I will say that we do have people who apply one year and don't make it and apply again and then make it. Sure. So we just encourage people to keep trying because That's it's a incredible. wonderful group. Yeah. So what's the time commitment needed? So if you join this and you're in it for three years. Yeah. It's one meeting a month. Oh. It's over really? lunch. It's over lunch. Oh. And we feed you. Oh. Which is great. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This <laughs> yeah. sounds really good. Our April meeting, I think, is at TriFaith um, Campus. Nice. So wonderful community space there. Yeah. Uh, really like-minded people and trying to bring bring together different ideas. So we have we meet. We have lunch. We have a presentation. Um, people get to know each other and their organizations and really get a chance to support each other yes. in their leadership growth. Yes. I mean, some people in circles have run for office. Um, some people have started a new nonprofit. Right. Um, one of them uh, looked at what was happening in terms of discrimination for older LGBTQ individuals yes. uh-huh. and decided to launch a nonprofit to say, look, I know who you're talking this about. Is a, this is an issue. <laughs> um, and it has wonderful support from her circles a lot. Right? And that's what it's all about. I love that. I'm going to have to look into that too, I think, because I didn't know all that. So that has been very informative. Thank you. Well, we have about four minutes left. Tell me what's on your plate. What's coming up? What's, what are y'all going to be working on next besides everything? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everything. I mean, one of the things we love about the Women's Fund is that it's very nimble. Mm -hmm. So we're able to, with private dollars, really meet the moment in what's happening in our community. So if we, if we see that the, um, information for young people is being blocked right. through comprehensive sex education. We're able to mobilize ah. and encourage young people to have their voice. Great. So whatever's coming up uh, in whatever way that, that intersects with the work that we do in our community partners, mm-hmm. we will be there. And That's we amazing. hope people will be with us. 
Well, I tell you, it has been just a thrill to watch you through everything. And now that you're here and now that I've learned more about it from you, this is the perfect place for you. Thank you. And I am so excited for all of the women that are involved and that are getting help or participating in circles mm-hmm. or participating in advocacy. I mean, you are building a small army. We That's are. amazing. And it's needed because we think about the power of women mm-hmm. and that we are demographically half of our community yeah. and country, and we need to be at the table making decisions. You know, we love what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, that, you know, um, at, at every decision a woman should be at the table, and we wholeheartedly believe that. Amen. <laughs> and then, of course, Shirley Chisholm has said, too, yes. now, if you don't have a chair, you bring you it, bring to, it the to the table. That's yes. right, and yes. that is exactly what you're all doing, and we I just are. love it. We're so glad that you're here in Omaha, and I cannot wait to watch you grow and the organization continue to do amazing things. Is there any else... Anything else you want to say about Women's Fund before we sign off? Yes, I do. Uh, I would just encourage people to go to our website, yes. omahawomensfund.org, okay. and sign up to get our newsletters. We have lots of information about the policies that are being um, that we are supporting or opposing in Nebraska. You can get on our newsletter email list. You'll hear about tributes. We'll be excited to announce who our a keynote speaker will be for our annual fall luncheon, which oh. is October 20th. Okay. 2020 downtown at the CHI Center. And if you haven't been, you should go because Joe and I used to go together. We did. And now you're up on the stage. Yes. And we had Tarana Burke last year. That's right. Who was the founder of the Me Too movement. And she was amazing to come here and to connect all of our issues and talk about so passionately about why it's important for prevention of of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. um, and how we can support survivors. And that all of us, one of the things she said that was so impactful is that all of us are part of the movement. Yep. And we just need to do our part. Amen to that. Well, Joe, it has been such a pleasure having you here. And I wish you the utmost success in everything you do. And same for the Women's Fund. I'm so delighted that Omaha has the Women's Fund. So please tell all of your staff thank you for the work that you do. I will. And anytime you have anything, you come back and tell us. I will. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Joe, again, is the Executive Director of the Women's Fund of Omaha, Joe Giles. I'm Cammie Carlisle. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.